Welcome to the long and short of the week ahead, a production of Horizon SLJ Capital that takes a look at the macroeconomic themes of the week ahead and has been recorded for professional investors. My name is Matt Jones, Head of Distribution for Horizon SLJ Capital, and I'm joined by Neil Staines, Senior Portfolio Manager. Welcome back, Neil. Great to have you here with us again. It's great to be back. Thanks, Matt. As we turn our thoughts to the week ahead, I think there's going to be a greater focus perhaps uh, in in our session today when it comes to the UK. Um, But what else are you going to have your eye on as we look into the week ahead? Yeah, thanks, Matt. And, you know, uh, attention really does turn back to the UK economy this week. Uh, You know, after a tough week politically in the UK, uh, where uh, an attempt to address the fiscal slippage of the COVID pandemic uh, through a, a 1.25% health and social care levy, uh, gained few supporters on either side of the House or indeed the press. Uh, and it puts um, Labour ahead of Conservatives for the first time, according to one poll out uh, uh, this week. Uh, I think that's an interesting dynamic. Now, whether you think this is uh, misguided, uh, mistimed or, or misunderstood, uh, the government will likely uh, welcome uh, a positive uh, distraction from uh, economic data this week. So on Tuesday, we've got the unemployment report for July. I should see the unemployment rate dip a little further as the uh, recovery or reopening continues, uh, but we'll keep a close eye on uh, on earnings data in that regard, uh, similar to the dynamic in the US. Uh, on Wednesday, we get inflation for August. Now, amid a raft of global inflation data this week, uh, we expect a significant jump in UK uh, headline inflation to 2.9% in August. Now, the Bank of England uh, head, uh, Governor Bailey, this week um, suggested that inflation is likely to be persistent, but numbers like these. Uh, are certainly likely to keep the MPC on their toes for a little while longer. Uh, on Friday, we get retail sales, and we expect a bounce in August from a very disappointing July data. Uh, you know, these are going to be closely watched. You know, to put that into context, Bailey also suggested in the week that we see some flattening out of the recovery. Now, I think there's an interesting dynamic going on in here. Uh, late this week, we saw uh, July GDP data in the UK, and this was, uh, uh, you know, certainly a little weaker than expected. Uh, but uh, and showed a slowing momentum. But uh, it's difficult really to kind of disentangle uh, global supply issues uh, with likely still rising demand in the UK. You know, secondly, I think, you know, this uh, this supply and demand imbalance is also going to be a big factor globally, you know, not just for inflation, but also for growth. Now, this week we get uh, the, the suite of data for August out of China uh, and a lot of focus uh, after a lot of focus on activity over recent weeks, this is going to be keenly watched. So we get retail sales, industrial production and investment data for the month of August. Now, further sequential moderation is likely. Uh, but with the, the total social financing this week uh, suggesting a more positive progression, uh, we may likely be coming uh, towards an end of the moderation in growth in here. Unemployment also out, uh, which will be a key focus, but that remains relatively low and stable. Now, uh, we've been highlighting uh, the the China growth moderation since February, uh, and it's not clear that uh, there is much further bottoming out in this. Uh, We certainly see uh, an encouraging signs from a monetary and fiscal standpoint. Nominal growth in China remains strong. Uh, We view the recent uh, regulatory social engineering, targeted rebalancing and deleveraging as in line with the longer-term structural targets uh, of of China, uh, and uh, you know they've proved a big positive for China over the past thirty years. Uh, we're not worried at this stage about China. And lastly, on to politics, and obviously the UK was at the forefront of uh, of political questioning 
this week. But, uh, you know, going forward, we expect the UK to add to a rising number of incumbents uh, coming under pressure, you know, whether it's Canada, Japan, Germany, France, or even the US, who are all uh, likely realizing that it's easy to spend lots of money uh, in a global pandemic, uh, but much more complicated when you have to ask people to pay it back. And so I think in the US, there's a continued focus also on uh, you know, the fiscal and monetary dynamics. Do we get power renomination? Uh, that, I think, uh, as we outlined last week, does have uh, important connotations uh, for the monetary dynamic. Uh, and we also have uh, elections in Russia and in Germany over coming weeks, uh, as well as a Japanese leadership election that has important connotations uh, from a fiscal stimulus perspective. So, you know, I think uh, that, that if we also switch to the EU, um, stalling banking union talks and rising disparity of opinion uh, on the monetary policy debate at the Eurozone uh, governing council table at the ECB um, is also something that I think plays into the political dynamic much more complicated uh, over coming weeks and into Q4. Thank you, Neil. Uh, an interesting week ahead uh, from a UK perspective in particular. Between now and then, however, we, we have the weekend. As ever, we seem to be spoiled for choice when it comes to uh, areas of focus. So what's caught your eye for the weekend? Absolutely, Matt. It's, uh, it's quite phenomenal, really. You know, this, uh, this weekend sees a return to Premier League football after the International World Cup qualifier break. Uh, and now uh, with uh, potentially not very many further future opportunities uh, for me to mention this with West Ham in the top four, uh, another you know, important away, away game to Southampton. Uh, Arsenal versus Norwich as well, with those at the bottom of the table, would be quite important. And who uh, could resist uh, the return of Ronaldo to Premiership action? Uh, in uh, in Formula One, we move uh, to Italy on the Grand Prix and some further fascinating battles uh, likely ahead there with Verstappen now three points ahead in the Drivers' Challenge. And I was about to mention uh, the final uh, test in the England-India uh, test series. However, right at the last minute, it wasn't uh, England uh, saved by the Manchester rain, uh, but saved by an India withdrawal due to fears of COVID. However, uh, despite that, uh, you know, there is the one incredible story in sport this weekend, and that is, uh, you know, Emma Raducanu uh, at the final of the US Open at the Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York on Saturday. Uh, you know, ordinarily, uh, Leila Fernandez at 19 making the final would be headline news, uh, but uh, trumped by the 18-year-old qualifier. It really is a phenomenal story. Absolutely. Uh, quite a phenomenal performance and uh, a fairy tale in New York. Well, Neil, thank you once again for joining us. Uh, we look forward very much to catching up with you again next week. Likewise. Thanks, Matt. Further insights are available on our website, horizonsljcapital.com forward slash insights. We look forward to you joining us again next week for more insights into macroeconomic events and the long and short of the week ahead.